This is a podcast from Snagerikinovsk for Radio Nova. Happy listening. Good afternoon. You're listening to Snacker Ikenovsk on Radio Nova. My name is Mac and I'm here in the studio with my co-hosts. Yes, hello. Oi, oi, oi. I am back and ready to start. I'm Barbara and we're back again, I guess. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. <laughs> and, oh my God, starting the new semester, the new season, whatever season that is in Norway, mm. with a guest here, Magnus. Hello. Hi, Magnus. Very honored. Thank you for being there. <laughs> also, I mean, because today, why do we have a guest? Today we are talking and doing improv in the studio. Yes, indeed. New format. Very new. Is it a new segment in our show? Stay well, tuned to how it goes. <laughs> Improv every day. <laughs> um, yes. So, Magnus, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Yeah. Hello, guys. Um, so, uh, I'm an improv uh, practitioner, improv actor, you could say, and, uh, and teacher. So, I've been doing that for about going on 10 years now, actually. Wow. Um, so long. And that means, and it's mainly, you know, it's just sort of a, a passion, a thing you l like to do. Uh, but then I've also been teaching for, for quite a few uh, years here in Oslo um, in a few uh, different countries. And uh, that's a big part of my life at, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, how did you get into improvisation theater? Well, I used to play a lot of music. Uh, and then I got into a little bit of sort of theater and stuff because I went to a, a sort of a music and theater high school. Um, so we did a few like theater games, like theater sports, um, which is a lot of what you do in improv, improv theater, like small games like that. Uh, but then I remember seeing a show at the Andre Theater here in Oslo, the, the other theater, yeah, like in, a proper improv, Toshav, improv theater. It? Yeah, and it, it um, really sort of blew me away, a, a mixture of finding it incredibly uh, incredibly fun, exhilarating to watch, but then also like the feeling of, shit, I want to be able to do that huh. kind of thing. And it was incredibly um, intimidating and scary. Um, so, so I sort of wanted to push myself a little bit. And that, that's how I went to my first workshop. And I was shitting my pants doing that. Um, and then sort of just bit by the bug, you can say, yeah. of, uh, of just trying to sort of challenge yourself uh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, Barbara and Ollie, have you done improv theater? Together, no? No, not Never. together. Not together. Oh, um, but as solo acts, you are uh, <laughs> Every day. I was about to say, um, as Magnus said, um, I was also a MDD student hey. in high school, music, dance and theater. Where'd you go? Um, I went to Christian Sound, so ah, <laughs> a little far, not far go. south. Um, and then I did, I do have a degree in drama as well. So I feel like I've done a lot of impro theater, but I've never done it without being graded. So oh. this is going to be interesting, I guess. <laughs> I will refrain from grading you then. Yeah. There's no grading the system panic. in Norway. It's not allowed, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I'm saying no to that. Okay. Uh, what about you, Barbara? Um, not really ever, um, but one time I was on some sort of exchange in Scotland and my pen pal was doing theatre and I had to come with her, but I, that's when I got to know improv, mm. but it was very, very bad. 
But yeah, that's um, all I know about it. I did it once when I was 13 and then quit forever. You're, quit. you're saying you, you saw some improv that was really, really bad? No, I was doing oh. the improv. Oh, you were doing the really, really, really bad. bad stuff. Yeah. All right, well. But it hey. was your first time. And my last until <laughs> today. <laughs> Apparently not your last. Yeah. Really yeah, well, we've yeah. all been there. I've done a lot of very, very bad <laughs> improv. But it's all right. That's part of, that's, that's part of it. Mm. So yeah. It's a learning curve, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, for myself, um, like Ollie, I've done it at, uh, at school. And before that, I think the first time that I did it, it was because... Um, I was in a, in a hospital and a part of the recovery, I'm not going to go into details. I was in a hospital. It's alternative medicine. Like, we'll just <laughs> Absolutely. let you do theater Absolutely. exercises. And at the time, I had no clue. But um, so we had uh, horse, horse riding therapy. Oh, that's oh, fun. Uh, and we had uh, an improv workshop. Uh, we had other stuff. We had creative writings and, and drawings. It was all those things. What an amazing hospital. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. Uh, and um, I remember it was so scary. It was yeah. extremely scary. And um, and suddenly everybody has to do like some weird stuff, you know, some weird sounds or weird accents or, or be an animal. And then you're just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Why <laughs> am I doing this? Like, this is so embarrassing, you know. Uh, so that was the first time. And then I went to acting school uh, like Ollie. And uh, and then we, yeah, we had we had a good amount of improv. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially if you've been to drama school, then you, yes. then you know. I feel uh, like the most important thing that I've ever taken out of improv that I actually do in my whole entire like life is yes and. Mm-hmm. I try and say no as little as possible and just build from that idea. And I feel like that is like, that's what's driving me. Like, okay, let's do this. Okay. Mm. And what about, mm. I don't know. Just Whereas I always say no first. I yeah. just say no. That's why it's not working for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, improvisation is uh, daunting, I think, for uh, many of us. And your experience yeah. on the first time. So why is it so scary, do you think? Ooh, well... Well, first off, I'll, I, I will start by admitting that it is scary. Because a lot of people will say, like... will try to tell you it's not scary. But anyone who has considered doing this can feel, I mean, you have a physiological response, right? Um, and that's like if you're going to a party or dreading or just anything, you know, you, you can you can really feel it. So, so it's not about like making it um, not scary or safe in a way. It's, it's more about how can you uh, become braver to, mm-hmm. uh, to deal with it uh, in a way. Um, and then you need to uh, really... Take things down to basics. So, Barbara, you'd never, you'd never done this, right? Never done this. Um, and 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 that's great. And it's, it's you can make it seem too complicated in your head, right? Because mm-hmm. improv theater, you see someone go on stage, they have uh, nothing prepared, and then they just make an entire an entire play, right, without a script. That that's kind of what you do in the, in the performance aspect. Uh, but if you're going to start learning this, it's all about how to take that first first step. So one of the main principles is to really take it into like super bite-sized chunks to not plan like what what's the end of the play going to be because that's just way too far out, too complicated, uh, just anxiety-inducing in a way. So the only thing you need to do is focus on like the next small step. So um, so it's like techniques for um, for listening to people, really. You listen to something and then you just respond with one small extra thing. And then your partner then has to listen to the little thing you gave and then they respond with a small thing. 
which is the um, um, the principle of yes and, Ollie, mm-hmm. that you that you mentioned, right? Yeah. Which is saying yes, you accept what someone has said as like okay, this is now part of the reality we're building, and then you add a little bit of something, and then the clue is to just make it really small, uh, and then you get to sort of go along on a journey because you're figuring out the story together. It's not like one person saying, this is where we're going. You're, uh, you're letting the ship sort of steer itself in a way. It's a bit like a, a Ouija board, you know, when you put your finger on a cup and no one's really controlling it, but still something happens. It's like that. So everyone's along for the ride of the story. Uh, so it's like a collective intelligence, you can say. Collective storytelling. Yeah. Mm. But I, I, w- I will say, though, there's another thing that's scary apart from, you know, am I going to be creative enough and, and, and is my idea going to be like so amazing and entertaining, you know? Mm. But it's also uh, the people that you are with. And sometimes some of them are so big, like so physical, so out there, and you feel so little next to them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's extremely, yeah, extremely scary, extremely yeah. daunting. And in like an improv workshop, you, you have... Two sort of the two basic type of people who show up, you have uh, one which is like the really massive extrovert character who's used to being the life of the party. They've always been told, you're hilarious, dude. Mm. It's usually a dude. <laughs> you should uh, you should do improv or be a comedian or something. And they're there to just like share their hilarity with, with the world. And then you have the other person who is... Um, usually a bit more introverted, finds social interactions often quite scary, and they want to learn some of, like, the techniques of, like... You know, it's kind of the person who wants to, like, mm. study how to make a joke, in yeah. a way, right? Yeah. Uh, who will come to learn some of the yeah. techniques of how do you play with others. And usually it's that more reserved person who actually ends up being the better improviser because it really is a case of less is more, and they are more capable of listening to others and then adding a little, a little something, mm-hmm. uh, which is productive, rather than the other person who might never shut up and just keeps <laughs> yeah. uh, showing themselves and they forget to, uh, to try and sort of make the other person look good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they should rather do stand-up, maybe, because yeah. stand-up's a solo sport. Then you get to take control, but improv is very much um, a team sport, and you need yeah. to train yourself to let go of the reins mm. and, and being okay to just see where it goes. So all I'm hearing is that if you're a control freak, this is not for you. Yeah, <laughs> and that was my issue because I've been a bit of a control freak Still and am. a perfectionist. Yeah, and if anyone listening, you, you feel like you sort of uh, can relate to being a perfectionist, if you, if you view that as a good thing, then this is definitely for you. If you realize it is a bad thing, I think it's a very bad thing to be a perfectionist, mm-hmm. um, then this is a good way to practice to, to let it go. Because yeah. as a perfectionist, you've got two issues. If, you go, if you want to produce something, if you actually produce something and you identify as a perfectionist, you're telling the word, world that I believe this to be perfect and you put yourself in a bit of a tricky situation um, because it's very easy to point at anything and say it's not perfect, right? Mm. Um, or you put yourself in a situation where you have a reason to always procrastinate because nothing's ever perfect enough to be put out into the world. Mm. So you can basically pat yourself on the back saying, I'm a perfectionist, and you never actually produce anything. Um, so improv, it's, it's, a, it's a set of tools that can help you just get stuff out. It's teaching you when to say it's good enough, um, which is really, really hard and scary because when you put something out there, 
then you know it's real and it can be criticized because obviously there are a thousand things you can criticize about it. So it's about just uh, practicing that process and not identifying too much with what you create in the moment and focusing more on the process. Um, mm. Yeah, Just listening and, uh, and uh, adapting. Um, I, I read a little bit on the internet, you know, different origin of improvisation depending on the parts of the world, yeah. how it develops. Um, and obviously, uh, Italy came first in, in like... Commedia dell'arte. Commedia dell'arte, kind of yeah. isn't it? The, the theater, the, the, the extremely physicality of everything, right? Um, and uh, I think they were saying already like 300, uh, 391 before Christ. Um, and then Commedia dell'arte was 16th to 18th century. And then they were talking also about uh, the USA when migrants crossed the pond and settled in like sort of big houses as communities of Russians and, and Jews together. And they were saying that some people just came out of the, of the group and suddenly had an interest in sociology, actually, and, uh, and came up with this improv uh, technique to get people together. And so they were saying to develop social adaptability, ethics, uh, mental, emotional control and imagination. And this is how they got people together in those houses. They were like, okay, let's have some, let's have some improv. Let's get to know each other. And I, th yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's very interesting because to this day, I mean, it's still, it's an exercise that really helps you adapt to unforeseen circumstances, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, and to, and to enjoy the process. Mm. So I, th I mean, we can, Eventually. Talk about improv, right? <laughs> and, the, and the history of Im improv. Yeah. When you just say improv, it's like a thing, not necessarily improvisation. But this is things that people have done, you know, uh, for all of humanity. So for me, the more abstract or, or sort of the, the more important part, it's sort of principles of play, how to have a playful attitude to life and then how to use, uh, how, to, how to make anything you do playful in order to make it more enjoyable to do. Um and then, yeah, improv is like a set of tools to do that. And the history of it, then usually it's like a, a name. Keith Johnston is usually what is considered like the guy who first turned this into a thing that you could then put on stage and, and, and do. Guy was in the 60s or something like that. But he's written a, a book just called Improv, which mm -hmm. is a very, it's a short book and it's a very good book to uh, start mm -hmm. off. If there anyone's we go. Recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> improv. Keith Johnston. Keith Johnston. <laughs> okay, okay, Magnus, what do you have in store for us so we get practicing our improviser, improvisation skills? Good, good, because I, I like talking about this, but you can get into the weeds. Uh, so it's really something you, you need to do, right? Mm. And it's anything you do with a sort of a playful attitude, basically. So it's about how, how to gamify different things. Um, that being said, let's just do some games. <laughs> Pretty much anything yes, you do, it's just could be a party game. So in the beginning in improv, usually you just do things in a group and it's just basic, uh, basic games you can do. Um, and the first ones that try and get you out of trying to judge what you're going to say, you know, get rid of that perfectionist, um, uh, trying to uh, stop the inner critic that will stop you from saying something, right? Uh, so just to try and get your mind uh, flowing a little bit. One of my favorite exercises is called Three Things. Anyone done that one before? Yeah. No, I don't think. All right. I don't you, remember. Um, so this exercise, uh, first rule: you all have to say 
three things. Let's repeat after me. One, two, three. Three things. Very good. And then I will uh, look at one of you and ask a question. So it will be three things you can put on your head. And then you just need to give me hat, three things. Good. A sock and my bottle of water. Perfect. And then we all say three, three things. things. And you get to ask a new question to someone right. else. Three things, Sabrina, you have in your hair. <laughs> um, crumbs, grease, <laughs> and bugs. Perfect. Ooh, three three things. things. Question. Uh, to Barbara, three mm-hmm. things that you have... Um, under your armpits, um, yeah. sweat, hair, uh, and a hair tie. Yes, three, three things. things. Uh, Magnus, uh, three things. Um, I don't know. Uh, you have in front of your face a microphone, long bits of birthday hat, and good vibes. Three, three things, things that don't rhyme with potato. Oh, I'm about to rhyme in, uh, gallop, Ooh. sing, ride in. Good. Three, three things. things. Three things you have on your nails, Barbara. On my nails, um, horses, um, <laughs> nail polish, and glitter. Good. And then question straight away. Go. Three, three things. things. Um, uh, Mac, uh, three things you can talk about. Great. Uh, sex. Yes. The weather. Yes. Yeah. My child. Yes. Three, three things. things. Uh, three things, Magnus, uh, that uh, you like to sit on. Oh, warm <laughs> pillows, large objects, and rotating things. Uh, three things. Very good. Right, just take a little uh, break there. Great. So, so right now we just started, and uh, there were no rules. Right. The only rule w- was you need to ask a question and you need to reply. Yeah. So given given those rules, those are the constraints that that we have. Very few constraints. Mm. So then you could just say plonky plinky planky. That would be completely uh-huh. allowed, right? Okay. But you probably would wouldn't accept it for yourself. I saw your face, Barbara, at one point. Mm-hmm. You you asked a question which was a perfectly great question, and I could see your face go, Oh no, that question sucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suck at asking questions, yeah. right? Yeah. So again, that's that inner, that little inner voice. So usually with this game, we start adding more and more constraints to try and do so that that little critic has less space to play with. Because mm. now we were going very slowly, mm. which is okay. Within the constraints, that was okay. So the next step would be to say, no pauses. You're not allowed to pause at a single time. Oh, if you at any point pause, someone else can say, I usually play this as a drinking game, if you we like, if you like that kind of stuff. Go. So, hey, for all you at home, this is a great drinking game. So as soon as someone pauses, they have to drink. Oh, yeah, and yeah. they drink, and then they have to go oh, straight back into it. And then the next constraint could be if you say a word like, uh, many of us probably realize we make this sound a lot. Yes. You're trying mm. to buy time. You're not sure. You're yeah. hedging, right? So the next constraint is if you make that sound, you have to complete the sound. If you say, uh, potatoes, boom, that's a, that's a strike. You've gone against the rules that we established, right? The very the random rules we established. But if I said, uh, skipology, then if you accepted that as a real word, you can say that that was okay, okay, uh, okay. all right. Yeah. I feel like we should have brought alcohol to this. Exactly. <laughs> and so we can add more. more. So now just with those constraints. So here the constraint is speed and no uhing. The sounds, you need to complete your sounds. Okay. And still, it doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to be true. 
So again, anything you say, as long as you say it fast without hesitating, you have won according to the rules we have made. So that little voice in your head, the only thing that voice needs to care about is speed and uh, and sound. All right? I feel like you... You're asking me to ditch my whole personality. Yes, I am. I hate that. <laughs> yes. We're making a new one now. Yes, and let's go. <laughs> but, but right. So by doing that, you are f- you are playing according to the rules. So still, you, you can fool your little critic into uh, into doing it right. All right. Let's try one more time. Ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're going okay. for speed. Speed and no eyeing. Okay. Everyone together. One, two, three. Three, three things. things that you can have on a holiday. Cuba Libre, surfboards. More speed. Shorts. Good. Three things. Three things that you like to plant. Good. Oli, oli, oli. I yes. like to plant maisons, lobbies, and elephants. Great. Three, Three things. things. Barbara, you like to do it in your free time. Dance, uh, burp, and sleep. Yes. Three, Three things. things. Three things you like to see outside. Oh, stars, rolling stones, and hops. Three things, things. you can crush in your fist. Sugar. Cocaine. <laughs> Rocks. Good. Three, Three things. things that you like to see in the water. Fishes, blue mermaids, and high hills. Perfect. Three, Three things, things you like to swim in, Barbara. Bathing suit, dolphin, um, I don't know. I yes, oh. go. Say it, say it, say it, say it. Say it. Get, it up, get it up, get it up. Bubble? Yes. yes. <laughs> Three things. Three. All right, we can stop it there. Very good. The heart rate is going up. Yeah, heart rate goes up. It's cardio when you have improv. It's it's a lot exercise. Hands are so sweaty right now. I'm at a point. I played this once at a at a hostel with a bunch of strangers in in Taiwan, and it got super competitive. We had like a bunch of ten people so into it. We added more and more constraints because people got really good at it. Um, so after a while, we had to have speed in, no repetition, Ooh. no unnecessary sounds. After a while, we also said it had to be relevant. Oh, my God. Um, and then uh, the fun thing is when you add stuff, and we could say it had to be interesting. Usually that you don't, <laughs> you don't want to add that because that's way too much for you to censor yourself about. Yeah. Um, but then it would be up to everyone watching to decide whether it's interesting or not. Mm. Which is completely subjective, right? Mm-hmm. So that's also a fun thing about adding very subjective rules. <laughs> And then you just have to go with it. If someone just says not interesting, then you have to say okay, and then you're out. But uh, okay, so maybe not a game for people with uh, high blood pressure. Oh, okay, more. (laughs) No, no, but I'm just saying, could improv be bad for people with high blood pressure? Let's take it to the streets. (laughs) Let's take it to the streets streets. right now. (laughs) I personally like a lot of things in the beginning to get your pulse up because it helps to override your inner critic. In a way, but there are also things where you can take it, uh, take it completely down as well. You liked, um, you said you'd played the. Uh, maybe you said this off air. You mentioned a, 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 a story um, where people who make stories one word at a time, yeah. which is a very nice little exercise. Um, I've done this with children, and they <laughs> are good at it. But you always have the one kid who wants to tell other people what to say, Mm. right? Mm. So you have the kid who always wants to tell other people what to say. I know what you should say. Say this, say this, say this. Mm. And then you have the kid who, no matter what has been said before, has to say fart or something (laughs) when it's their turn. Uh, And these two kids also exist as adults. Uh, They haven't changed. And again, and and uh, and and it's trying to stay in control, right? 
because mm. the fart person they get to feel safe because no matter what happened before I know I just say fart I'm in my <laughs> safe zone this is my little safe space I just say fart and it's bloody hilarious uh, and the person who tries to control it as well um, or say what other people should say they have their eyes on one path but they don't get to experience all the other potential paths that open up once you just step back and say I wonder what the other person is going to say Mm. That um, that sounds so relatable. 